Hello and welcome to Business Meets Coast, a podcast by me, Sophie Morley. And me, Stephen Bride. Join us as we interview various businesses, industry leaders, innovators, entrepreneurs, startups and business mentors to get insight, advice and funny stories from people who have been through it all before. Let's do this. So our guest today is actually my husband, Matt Morley. Hi, Matt. Hello, everybody. Welcome. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. So we're going to be talking about creating client value. That's correct. Today. Um, Before we get into that and and what that means, um, Matt, uh, can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and your experience yeah, absolutely. Uh, I guess uh, obviously I'm talking from a business perspective here, but um, for the most part, my career has uh, has been a technical career around uh, geotech engineering and environmental science, um, largely working for um, one company for the last uh, 25 years and, and various others prior to that, but uh, um, a global firm that specialises in those those fields. For the last, uh, I guess, as I said, for the 20, first 20 years, uh, I was doing engineering type work and, and in the field, environmental type um, investigations, etc. But for the last 10 years, which is more relevant to what we're talking about today, um, I was uh, given the role of global business development manager, um, which was a, a big uh, a big step change for me and uh, meant a lot of um, new learning and uh, it was quite a challenge. But over the 10 years, I've developed a number of skills um, that ultimately led to the winning of a, a lot of major bids, uh, upwards of $20 million in consulting fees, which I'm proud to say uh, was largely off the back of my own effort. And that was through the application of some of the techniques that I'm going to be discussing today. Um, as so I've said, we're talking about creating client value, but it, it's more about um, how to uh, optimise your time in meetings um, to drive a, an outcome that... Uh, uh, you've, I guess, strategically put in place and, and, and the tactics you need to get there. Excellent. So Stephen and I, um, for those of you who don't know as well, um, are business, small business owners ourselves. So yeah. we deal with a lot of a lot of clients on a daily basis and have and client meetings. So this is certainly of particular interest um, to us. So what is creating client value if you talking about these meetings. Okay. Um, first of all, I'd just like to say, I, I did say, you know, I, I was winning big bids, uh, you know, upwards of 20 million uh, and etc. cetera. Um, but I think this can be applied to uh, much smaller, and I know it can, uh, to much smaller um, sales. Uh, it doesn't need to be a major sale or a, strate- a strategic uh, pursuit, if you want to call it that. So I think it's, it is relevant to the listeners here, um, particularly around small business. What it is, uh, I guess, from a sales perspective, typically people will default to um, a selling technique where they're just basically spruiking off their features of whatever they're trying to sell, the product or service that, they're, they're, uh, that their business is, is developed around. And that, uh, that's for a couple of reasons. Firstly, obviously, most people would be intimately familiar with whatever that product or service 
is. Also, you know, time is uh, very precious for for people, not not just your potential client, but also for the salesperson themselves. Everyone's really busy trying to get from, you know, across uh, multiple priorities and trying to get a, a whole bunch of things done every day. Most people will just try and cut to the chase. They'll presume yeah. that they know what the client or, or prospective customer wants and they'll jump straight to that and start spruiking off the features they think will fit that uh, particular requirement. And quite often, for a number of reasons, this uh, will either put the, the client off or you totally miss the, the point um, altogether. Uh, and obviously, it doesn't lead to uh, a good outcome for anybody. So um, creating client value uses, uh, a number of techniques. Uh, basically, it's a, a series of, of tactical questions that, if used properly, will lead the client to understand their own problems better and enable you to develop a solution uh, for that particular client that is, is ideal for the, for the situation to give them best return on investment and, uh, and drive the best outcomes in terms of, especially works well for building rapport and maintaining clients for the long term, getting that repeat business, which is extremely important if you want to reduce your cost of sale, of course. So it's a bit more organic of a meeting, like you're not just going into a meeting with a pre-prepared speech you're sort of like going in and then figuring out gauging what the client needs and then coming up with how does how does it work in terms of like preparing because you, you know if you if you're going in there with the you know you're just going to talk about your features you can sort of prepare that absolutely and, but how do you yeah so how do you be more flexible and okay no that's a really good and, and a pertinent question um Stephen. it's to a certain extent, you'll, you'll put a few questions down on paper so that you know kind of where you want to take it, but you need to be flexible around those. It's really, as you said, it's got to be an organic conversation. If I can maybe just start talking a little bit more of the detail around yeah. how this actually works, and it, it, it's really around a technique developed by a guy called Neil Rackham back in uh, 1988. He, he wrote a book called Spin Selling. It's about trying to understand the client. And although it's nearly 30, well, you know, it's over three decades ago now, it's it's more about psychology than technology, so I think most of the principles still apply. But you need to have a little bit of a roadmap for yourself so you know where you want to go and some of the more pertinent questions that you want to ask, but you need to be flexible and you need to listen very carefully to what the client's saying. And I think the primary thing here is to get the client talking more than you are. Get them talking. People love to talk. They love to talk about themselves and their business. If you can open up that enthusiasm within that uh, potential client, uh, it, it gets them to be more enthusiastic about the meeting and it, it really makes them excited about the outcome. Um, so why is it called SPIN? It's an acronym, as most things are, uh, S-P-I-N. So the S is uh, stands for situational, and these are the four types of different questions that you're going to be asking potential client during the meeting. So the S is the situational questions. The P is problem questions. The I uh, is for implication questions. And the N stands for needs or payoff questions. So if I can just briefly explain to you what each of those is. So as you would imagine, situational questions are more around what's the current situation? What are you currently using? What sort of products and services are already in place? Those sort of questions. 
again, no, well, not again, but with those ones though, it's very important that you do a little bit of homework before you go into the meeting. You don't want to be asking obvious questions that everyone should know. I mean, you should, you, should, <laughs> you know, like... Uh, what do you do? Yeah, what do you do? What is your business? Exactly. So people don't take kindly to, to silly questions, but if you can do a bit of research and ask insightful questions around their current situation, people really appreciate and respond to that. And uh, it's very important to set that that groundwork in place around those situational questions. So it doesn't have to be long, but, uh, you know, they're very important to get those right. So you might have a couple written down. So, um, I mean, for instance, say, and I'm, I'm sorry, I don't know much about broadcasting, but just imagine I'm a, I supply broadcasting equipment uh, for people who do broad, uh, podcasting, such as you guys. And I can see you've got some very sophisticated equipment in here, very expensive looking equipment, but uh, let's assume you don't. Um, and I would come in and maybe I'd say, look, I've uh, taken the liberty, obviously, um, to listen to a few of your previous podcasts and I'm very impressed, um, particularly the couple of the recent ones around artificial intelligence and, and LinkedIn that were very uh, relevant and I think useful. I found, though, when I was listening to it, some of the sound quality uh maybe let you down a little bit so what sort of microphone and equipment are you currently using mm. and you'll go on to tell me what it is and I'll just take a note of that no comment at this stage so and, and I might ask then does that have any sound cancelling features within it and, and you'll say well no it doesn't and I'll say well okay that's probably why we can hear a bit of that background noise and uh, and I might say so in terms of um, editing how does that work and uh, your lovely uh, producer here, Shanna would probably tell me how you know much effort's required to, to get it to the to the level that you've mm. already got it to, what what the process <laughs> is there. So I'll take that down. I'll start to get a. Uh, a, a sort of behind the scenes understanding from yeah. their perspective and they'll start talking you know yeah. once you yeah. start asking those types of questions so then we move on to the problem question so I might say so um, when you finished an interview and you listen back for the first time and you, you notice that there's a buzzing or something in the background what sort of problem does that cause in terms of editing? And you'll you probably fired up by this stage. You'll say, "Oh yeah, you know this is really bad. It's it it, uh, it takes ages to get rid of it." Um, you know, and you'll start to then really open up yeah. um, if you engage. do it properly, engage, uh, and and start to tell me all the hardship you have in terms of getting this thing out. So that's the problem questions. And again, you need to I guess reflect back on the um, situational questions and the answers and responses you've already had and drive your problem questions from those so they are very relevant and, and you're still continuing that conversation so you've got that organic yeah. as you said Stephen conversation going forward so once you've I guess identified the problems then you move into the implication questions which is taking those problems and saying okay so what impact does that have for your listeners for instance mm. and uh, you might say well you know it's we're trying to we're trying to get new listeners right now. It's really important that we're hitting. You know, we've got good quality, and not having such good quality, it's really bad. We think we're losing numbers, and and then I'll say I might ask something about. So, and okay, I get that. So, in terms of editing, um, what's the implications of you know the the poor equipment that you're trying to work with right now and then you'll get fired up again you'll say oh you know we need this and we need that so from there it's, it's almost easy it's almost mm -hmm. written itself I can then say okay um 
Then we move into the needs or payoff questions, which is, so if I was able to provide a uh, software package integrated with um, you know, the latest microphone that uh, would have sound cancelling technology, it could uh, do all these other fancy things, what would that mean for your business? And I mean, would that be a benefit? Is that what you need? Do you, do you think that's what you need? And, and uh, hopefully they'll say, absolutely, that's what I need. And I say, okay, well, I think... Um, if I was to say to you, I, I think we can offer you something that's going to actually reduce your editing time by 60% and uh, I think it's achievable and, and very affordable, would that be something that you guys would be interested in? And I know you would be because you just told me you would be. Oh, so, yeah. That's so, right. It's a shame you're not actually selling podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> well, who knows if I'm talking uh, rubbish in that regard. Again, as I said, I want to see this noise. No, <laughs> <laughs> There's probably no such thing out there, but... I mean, if there was. Uh, and then I guess package that up nice and neat with a bow on top. I haven't tried to sell you all the other bits and pieces and whiz-bang things that I can offer because you don't need those. Um, yeah. What, I've do, what we've done through that question, that line of questioning is is really honed in on what you actually do need and, yeah. and I'm able to provide a solution to that problem that you have. So in essence, that's how it works. As I said, it takes a lot of practice. I probably applied that to 1,500 meetings or more throughout my career and um, there's been some (laughs) awkward uh, moments during that time to say the least but in retrospect uh, over the term of my career it's probably been one of the most powerful and useful um, tools that that I've applied in terms of business success. It's almost like um you, you, it's it's not what you're saying; it's what you're not saying. Because, like like you said before, it's like if you just come at them with everything and say, "These, this is all the products we have. This is the lineup." It's like instead you're, you're figuring out what they actually want from your lineup, and then just giving them that. So it's, all, it's almost like you're not saying it's what you're not saying that makes the, the meeting more interesting because they're not interested in this other stuff. You're you know? absolutely right. And from a psychological perspective, people don't like to be told what they want yeah. or what they need. People like to be able to come to that conclusion themselves. So yeah. in doing this, that's what we're trying to achieve. If you want to get even more on a deeper level, when you start telling people what they want, the brain releases a chemical called uh, cortisol, which starts to drive negative thoughts and response. Whereas if you can make uh, someone feel comfortable, it will release another chemical called um, oxytocin. I've got that wrong. Sorry, I'm not a chemist either. (laughs) But uh, uh, it's a chemical that actually will... um, elicit uh, positive responses yeah. and makes the person feel good uh, and and, uh, and open to hearing what you're saying and, yeah. and accepting what you're saying is, as true because they've come up with what they think they've come up with the answer themselves yeah yeah I guess it's important though to consider that there's a number of caveats with this as I said and as you stated Stephen it's really important not just to go in there don't think this is a bible this is just a loose structure to follow so you don't go in there with pre-contrived questions that you think are going to drive the response because that's just absolutely not what this whole um, process is about. It's really important, as I said before, to to know a little bit or know as much as you possibly can about um, your potential client before you go in there so that you can ask insightful and and intelligent questions. Yeah, because part of it would be like knowing who to even talk to because that was my my next sort of thinking question is, yeah, how do you... um, 
you know, like I'm just thinking about meetings. You're always like a little bit nervous about them. And especially if it's like a big pitching meeting where there's like $20 million on the line. Mm. So how do you sort of, um, if you're meeting with some of these big wigs and if it's like not just one person, like if it's a couple of people, how do you sort of figure out how to, how to get them to engage? Like, yeah. I Absolutely. Guess it's, I, I, it's, a, it's a brilliant question. Quite often you're not talking to the right person, particularly if you're going on after a big bid, something worth 20 million bucks. You know, you really need to be talking to the CEO. Yeah. He's way too busy. He's running a corporation. So he's, he's probably sent some, you know, guy. He hasn't got time to really meet with you. So he sent, uh, you know, his commercial manager or someone in, yeah. someone of really of reasonably high level. But it's not the guy at the end of the day who's got to be making the decision on whether they should go or no, as I said, particularly on the bigger bids. So for those ones, and we used to call is a strategic pursuit. We, we develop what we call a political map. It's kind of like an org chart. So you'd have, and it takes a hell of a lot of research and a lot of triangulation, talking to people within the, the business. organisation. Of with. the target organisation. Okay. So you'll have, you know, all the players that you need, that you know will be involved in this decision. And, yeah. and that's an evolving thing. Each meeting you'll get more information and you'll be able to add more to this map. And each one then you'll say, okay, is this guy a decision maker? Is he an influencer? Is he a, a coach? That's someone who advocates for you within the business. All these people are really important. What's his main driver? If you're meeting with the commercial manager, you should be talking about the dollars. If you're meeting with uh, the uh, head health and safety officer, obviously yeah. he's more concerned about you know just this machine or this equipment make things uh, safer or yeah. reduce risk, etc. So once you've got that mapped out, you'll know how to talk to these people, the types of questions to ask, and yeah. are you talking to the right person? What do you do if you're not talking to the right person? You've got to try and help them sell what you're selling to them upward um, and that uh, quite often could be well um, how can I help you get this across the line with Tim Sawyer or whatever his name is yeah. you know can I give you a, a brief report of what we're offering here or or something an email that you can forward through or can I meet with him is there any chance we can get five minutes just so I can you know um, tell him directly somehow you need to get in front of that guy so that you're not dismissed and he doesn't the, the CEO quite often will just after all your effort he'll just give it to his mate down the road because he knows him and you know he couldn't be bothered spending the time and effort to listen to you so it's really yeah. important that you do understand that landscape how how did you actually figure out that this particular technique was the right technique for you to use in your meetings like I'm sure you've probably read about or, or learned about other sales techniques and, and meetings so what was it about this particular technique that made it resonate with you yeah sure um, probably a number of as I alluded to earlier a number of spectacular failures earlier <laughs> early on um, that's some good yes. awkward story yeah, yeah. I thought coming from an engineering and science background sales is just going to be a walk in the park um, I can do this on my head uh, so I went in there and as I said most people do I started spruiking how good we are and you know why you should use us and this is what you need and all that sort of thing and um, people didn't take kindly to that They, I was shut down I was uh, you know even early on I, I hired a, a marketing um, person just to, to schedule um, meetings for me all around Australia and New Zealand and elsewhere and uh, she was particularly aggressive and, and particularly pushed that wrong 
sort of leave her as well. So she'd call up and she'd, uh, like a dog with a bone, she'd just keep relentlessly calling until they put it through to the head guy, like the managing director of these corporations. And then she'd start telling them all about how good, well, I am, you know, <laughs> and uh, I'm going to come and solve all their problems and we can do this and that and, you know, this is what you need and rah, rah, rah. And I think through just pure nuisance, uh, she got me the meetings. She was amazing. She could get me meetings like unbelievable. <laughs> but I'd walk in there and these guys are already got that cortisol flying through their brain. They don't want to hear a bar or what I've got to say. As I said, there was a couple of uh, really awkward moments where they've just put me right on the spot and said, right, you know, you've been trucked up as God here. I've got five <laughs> seconds. You've taken me away from the board meeting. Wow. What have you got here? And I'm just floundering because, you know, I didn't have a solution. I didn't know how – I hadn't taken them through that, that line of questioning to understand anything. Yeah. So uh, that's where I knew I was going wrong. And then, um, fortunately, I was given a lot of training. Um, there was a lot of investment in, in sales training. And I learnt about uh, creating client value. And I guess I had a bit of a, a eureka moment. I could see what I was doing wrong. Uh, really could see the value in this approach. And, and I started to use it. And it was clumsy at first. Um, but still, even even clumsy was better than what I'd been doing before. Yeah. So it wasn't long before we started kicking some goals. And um, thank God, otherwise I probably wouldn't have uh, been in the sales career for, for as long as I had been. So, yeah, looking back, so uh, it was a turning point. In that respect, it's really important to invest in yourself and invest in your sales staff. Absolutely. Otherwise, people just default to what they think they should be doing. So you really need to understand the psychology of selling and and this is very much at the core of that, I think. Um, Yeah. It's, yeah, it's like a different mindset. Yeah, it's almost like quality over quantity. Like quantity is like they're just calling everybody and just harassing them mm. until they buy versus actually taking some time and getting to know people. Absolutely. Yeah. So rather than having 100 meetings and uh, getting, you know, 99 rejections, you might have five meetings and get, you know, 80% uh, success uh, rate because you've done it properly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I suppose this is something that is proven from your track record, your success track record with, you know, your clients and meetings and, and bids. So it's really good to to have someone who's actually gone through it and experienced it and know it actually works rather than someone just saying, oh, this sounds like a good technique. Absolutely. Although I was um, selling engineering and uh, environmental consulting services, it, it was across, I guess, the mining, infrastructure, urban development and oil and gas sectors. So there was a broad range of different types of clients, different types of needs. Yeah. Um, and prior to this, I didn't really understand what they were that I did for this uh, this approach. And, you know, we, we, we won small and large uh, projects using this approach. In fact, I, would, I wouldn't try and sell anything even a, you know, if I was selling ice creams, I'd probably still, to a certain extent, uh, just through habit, I guess I'd be um, saying, so have you tried strawberry before? So did you have any problems with strawberry? <laughs> what was the implication of that for your uh, four-year-old son? Uh, <laughs> it's just it becomes habit after a while. Yeah. This would be a good idea for a high-end ice cream place. You never know. Tailors the uh, flavour to your needs. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. There could be an idea no, well, I think it's certainly resonated with me. You know, my business is all about clients 
and I'm sure, you know, same as yeah. Stevens. Yeah, because I'm doing design work for another business. I'm not, it's a service more than a product. So, mm-hmm. like, we really have to understand what the business is about so that we can, you know, design it and tell other people, you know what I mean? Like, so Absolutely. Uh, and you've got to think, particularly in the needs payoff part of the question, you've got to be really, I think, think uh, innovatively. Uh, it might be things that you wouldn't normally expect as a, you know, something that you could provide. It might be changing payment terms slightly or refining the logistics chain, delivery, or, you know, once you know or understand what the client's problems are, it might be something you didn't even think about before, but yeah. you can easily solve now that you know, oh, okay, yeah. well, I can get my guy here to drop it off to you directly to your factory yeah. rather than, you know, whatever the normal process is. There's a whole myriad of things that we can all help our clients with if we understand what those uh, problems and needs are. So you wouldn't know any of that unless you were asking. That's right. Although I've yacked on here and probably spoke for 99% of the time, the important thing is to get the customer talking. Uh, Shut up and listen very hard. If you do speak, I guess summarise or uh, rephrase what they've they've said in an insightful way if you can, just to to make sure that you do understand and, and, and again, help them understand or, um, you know, believe that you are really listening well. I think you've just answered my question because I was going to ask you what your top tips were. <laughs> Our brains are just seem to be in sync all the time. <laughs> it's, it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. um, so you mentioned um, lots of funny fails or funny. Do you have any funny stories of meetings going wrong? The worst one was in Adelaide, and it was a meeting set up by that marketing agent, as I said, <laughs> and it was uh, our key uh, competitor down in Adelaide and they were very uh, quite aggressive competitor and she'd gone gone in and told the managing director uh, they'd stolen a number of our staff so there was a bit of um, ill feeling there a bit of rivalry yeah and this marketing agent had had promised that I could come in and and basically make uh, the world super rosy for everyone down there us and them and I had all these fantastic solutions in mind I I didn't even know this until I'd got to to the meeting so he came down excited about this um, gem that I was about to deliver to them, gem of knowledge. <laughs> and so he's brought all of his key guys. Uh, so we were there and the board table was just me and about nine of their upper hierarchy, including wow. three of the staff that they'd stolen from us. Wow. Um, and, yeah, I was shot down in spectacular fashion uh, in front of my peers and my rivals. Uh, it was probably the most awkward moment of my life, I think. And uh, the whole meeting went for about four and a half minutes minutes but still um, oh, wow. I, can, I can still feel the, the, um, the shame <laughs> stigma yeah, that, uh, from that day so yeah that was a real um, okay. lesson learned so what on a more positive note hmm. what has been your most successful story meeting uh, well I guess if you took, put it in terms of um, profit profitability it would be on a uh, oil and gas project it was a particularly big one and it was the first one in the oil and gas sector that we'd uh, decided to go after so again I didn't know that much about it but I did a lot of research and I 
decided to approach one of our suppliers and go in as a, a joint venture to provide a, a more integrated solution. Um, but I wasn't going to provide, you know, again, I'm not going to tell them this is what they need. I just said, look, uh, we're here together. We've, we've been working together. Um, and through this line of questioning and this approach and political mapping and understanding who we should be talking to, etc., we actually won that bid. Uh, and that job, I believe, is still going today. And I won that about 12 years ago. So God knows. Um, when I left the company, we'd done about $20 million in fees. So you know, it could be a lot more than that now. And it also forged a, a really strong working relationship with, uh, I guess, a strategic partner from there on, which we were able to win a lot more work. So that's probably one of my career highlights and one of the, the greatest outcomes that, I, that I've realised through this approach. But the sky's the limit. I mean, yeah. as I said, you can do it uh, for anything. So uh, I strongly recommend you give it a try. If you want to get more detail, as I said, uh, Neil Rackham, Spin, Sell- Spin Selling, 1988. Uh, it was published. Uh, have Is a look it at that. R A C K H A M. Yes. Have a read of that, and I guess if you have any uh, further questions, if you'd like to ask me directly, feel free uh, to to send those through. Yes. Yeah, I don't know if we've got a portal for that. <laughs> we do. Maybe we could create one. Okay. Business Meets Coast Podcast does have an email address, oh. which is podcast at businessmeetscoast.com.au. Matt, I know you're my husband, but (laughs) that was really insightful and very much appreciate you taking the time out to come in and talk to us and relay your experience for our listeners because it's certainly, um, I've learned a lot from that. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like meetings, if you don't really have a, a plan and a bit of a strategy, they sort of just can be... Yeah, like you said, a bit default. Mm. So this is, um, yeah, very interesting. Absolutely. Very applicable. I, I guess just one more thing I should add. Um, it's important to, on top of everything that we've already spoken about, have what we call an advance, um, which is what, what am I actually trying to achieve or drive from this meeting? So just, and that could change, but it, it might just be, hey, I want to get another meeting. You know, I want to get through this meeting, keep them on, keep the conversation going so that we can continue it or it might be uh, I need to find out who these key players are or whatever that is. You yeah. should probably always go in there with that in the back of your mind as well. Mm-hmm. So on top of everything else you're trying to achieve, you do need to have a strategic objective yourself. So that's what we call an advance. Yeah, you, you do need to have a little bit of an idea of what you need to achieve as well. Cool. Okay. Thanks, Thanks so much. In. No, absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me. And um, yeah, look forward to hearing more podcasts uh, as they roll off the off the press, which is not right, is it? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but I've got mm. some great equipment that might help you. Oh, <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> I know, totally <laughs> Thank you for joining us. If you like what you hear, you can subscribe wherever good podcasts are found. We are called Business Meets Coast. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Business Meets Coast. I've been Stephen. And I've been Sophie. Thank you for listening. Goodbye.